This is Stephen Merritt, and I apparently on WGXC Acre, um, which I think of as WGXC Hudson, but I don't know. I've never been to Acre. If you look on the WGXC community calendar, WGXC.org, you'll see on Sunday, August 22nd, there are two regional shows to attend. First, Trombone Shorty and the Orleans Avenue Band perform at the Ulster Performing Arts Center at 7 p.m. in Kingston. And also The Roots perform at Mass Mocha in Western Massachusetts at 8 p.m. Both shows are listed on the WGXC community calendar at wgxc.org, where you can go and list your own event by clicking on the Add an Event button on the page and filling in the forms, and you'll soon hear your event read on the radio and read around the world in the WGXC community calendar online at wgxc.org. Wave Farm programs are made possible in part by the New York State Council on the Arts with the support of Governor Andrew Cuomo and the New York State Legislature, the National Endowment for the Arts, the Green County Legislature through the County Initiative Program administered by CREATE, the Alexander and Marjorie Hover Foundation, the Teabacker Fund, the Joseph Family Charitable Trust, and hundreds of other generous individual donors, including WGXE sustaining supporters who provide critical monthly support. Thank you. WGXC is made possible in part by the generous ongoing support of Food New York. Sustaining supporters are among the station's most dedicated listeners. They care deeply about Creative Community Radio, and their investment helps to sustain WGXC as a public platform for information, experimentation, and engagement in Green and Columbia counties. You, too, can become a WGXC sustaining supporter by investing in community radio every month. Go to WGXC.org and click Donate. Thank you for your support. 90.7 FM. Acre, Hudson, Catskill. Welcome to Dim the Lights. With Jenny and Amanda. Here we are on this sticky, sticky Tuesday evening. Uh, and we're here to talk about movies. We're just two buds who love to watch, watch all sorts of things. Some neighbors, I don't know, peep through people's windows. Just kidding. I'm just, ta- just playing around. <laughs> um, but before we get into that little foreshadowing of a theme there, um, Jenny and I are going to give you a rundown of what's in the local theaters here in the Hudson Valley and Catskills. And then we're going to talk about what we've been watching lately. Also. Hi, Jenny. Hi, Amanda. <laughs> hey, pal. Hey. Um, so will you tell me what's playing on your side of the river right now? I'd love to tell you. Uh, so first I'm just going to give you a little bit of information about the Hudson movieplex. Uh, that's the, the theater on Fairview. If you're not familiar Uh, So we still have Black Widow. Uh, We still have the Boss Baby colon family business. Uh, (laughs) Some newer releases we have are The Green Knight. Very exciting. We have Jungle Cruise. We have Old. (laughs) We still have A Quiet Place Part 2. We have Roadrunner, the Anthony Bourdain film. Uh, We've got the new Space Jam. And we have The Suicide Squad. the new movie that's coming out this weekend, they're also going to start showing Respect, which is the Aretha Franklin biopic. Nice. Uh, and moving on north, we have at the Crandall Theater in Chatham, uh, this Thursday, they're playing The Big Lebowski, which is very exciting. Uh, Friday, they've got Searching for Mr. Rugoff and The Biggest Little Farm. Saturday, they've got Cat Video Fest 2021, what? Uh, <laughs> the uh, Anthony Hopkins uh, joint, The Father, uh, and North by Northwest. Uh, they have actually a, quite a few other movies coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks. So I would recommend checking that out. Uh, that's at CrandallTheater.org uh, with an R-E that kind of theater. (laughs) And then the last movie theater I'm going to tell you about is uh, TSL in Hudson. 
Uh, they have quite a few things coming up for the month of August also. Uh, one is called Ayamof, uh, I believe, also known as This Is My Desire, uh, which is a Nigerian film that looks really interesting. Uh, they also have a movie called Days. Uh, they also have uh, another, it's, it's mostly foreign films actually, which is pretty exciting. Um, there's also a Russian movie called Never, uh, Never Gonna Snow Again. Oh. Uh, we've also got the Alvin Ailey, uh, bio, or it's a documentary, I believe, called Ailey. Uh, and we've got a couple other things coming up, such as Being a Human Person, which is a Swedish film. Uh, and yeah, quite a couple other things. They've also got Dogtooth is still playing there. Ooh, They've fun. got El- Elevator to the Gallows is still playing. Um, I would recommend checking out their schedule because they have quite a few different things uh, and it's very day to day. So uh, if you're interested in seeing some of the cool movies coming to TSL, uh, head on over to timeandspace.org. Nice. Um, all right. So over on the Green County side, I'm going to tell you also about three theaters. First up is the Highway Drive-In Theater on Route 9W. They have four screens and each screen plays two movies. And so the movies for August 6th to August 12th are on screen one, The Suicide Squad with The Green Knight. And screen two is Disney's Jungle Cruise with Black Widow. Screen three is old with a quiet place part two and screen four is escape room two and the forever purge. And then second drive-in in the area at drive-in 32, otherwise known as the Greenville drive-in. We have Thelma and Louise playing Friday, August 13th and Saturday, August 14th. And if you want to know more about that and how to get tickets, you can go to drivein32.com. And that's 32 numbers, not spelled out. And then at the Wyndham Theater in Wyndham, New York, we have the Suicide Squad playing, Jungle Cruise, and Black Widow. And you can find out more about showtimes at wyndhamtheater.com. That's W-I-N-D-H-A-M theater.com. So that's that. Uh, so many fun I, movies coming out lately. Very I know. Now there's actually new stuff to see in the theaters. It's it feels like it's happening all at once after we've had such a long time of of rewatching and nothing new coming out. Now it's almost overwhelming, but very exciting. Um, Jenny, what have you been watching lately? Have you seen anything new that you want to tell the people about? I have seen a couple of new things. Uh, the first one I'm going to talk about, I know you also watched. Uh, <laughs> I went to go see The Green Knight the weekend before last, which is the David Lowry movie uh, starring Dev Patel. It is an uh, adaptation, a loose adaptation of the uh, Arthurian poem, uh, Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. And I know that we have differing opinions here on this radio show, but I personally loved it and had a really amazing time. (laughs) I mean, I will say, as I told you uh, off the air, that my opinion softened on it as time went on. But though I still did not love it as much as you did, or I think many others, I really do think I'm in the minority here for people that feel a little more like uh, critical of it. Um, But I did myself and the movie a great disservice by seeing it at the drive-in instead of an indoor theater, which I knew going into it because I've, I've done this enough times that I knew it was going to be better. I would be better off seeing it inside where the sound and picture quality is much better, but I, you know, said, what the heck I'm going (laughs) to enjoy the cinema under the stars. Um, (laughs) so, you know, that really, um, really uh, put a damper on my viewing experience. So listeners, please take that into account when you're considering going to see this movie. But, but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a funny, it's a funny art movie. It's very, very dreamlike. Um, and yeah, I had a really good time watching it, but definitely a complicated one. And a especially for, I know Amanda's a big fan of the original poem. So. <laughs> I'm a fan of the OG text. Uh, that's right. So, but I haven't read it in a really long time. And, and after I saw it, I did go back and reread a little 
spark notes kind of synopsis and the movie did include more um scenes from the original or details from the original text than I initially thought but still was lacking some um moments that I really treasure from the book that I think would have been easy to include uh and then my my beef was um with it getting a real the real a24 treatment <laughs> yeah <laughs> too many do. fonts too many fonts <laughs> too many fo- those title sequences get out of here yeah so I, w- I was feeling a little bunchy somebody who I went to see it with um I thought used a, a very good word um in my opinion to describe it which was that it was rigid it felt a little mm. rigid interesting um, it in in what it wanted to be which was mm-hmm. like very very much an art movie it did feel a little a little rigid but um it truly is one where uh even despite the complicated feelings i have about it i would absolutely say go see it because it's still very beautiful um and it sounds nice yeah i did see i saw i can't remember where i saw somebody describe it as a dev patel photo shoot and i was like yeah you're kind of right yeah yeah it is <laughs> but, kind of a photo shoot but he's um, so very handsome but it absolutely works for me <laughs> oh yeah no real real super duper eye candy um from dev patel and i also really liked um, I liked all of the kind of background sh- and mm-hmm. landscape shots because it really did feel like horrible, gray, <laughs> misty medieval yeah. times. Yeah. I love like, so I'm a, such a big fan of medieval fantasy. Um, and of course so much medieval fantasy, um, takes place in like beautiful, bright sunlight, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially in the eighties. Uh, even in like gross uh, towns and villages. <laughs> so the fact that this movie made um, the cities and basically anywhere where there's kind of a human touch on the land um, is very grime, grimy mm-hmm. and gritty and gray um, and damp looking. <laughs> it's very wet. <laughs> Which I really, I really appreciate that because um you know, I'm not going to say anything because it's fresh, but there is a little bit of a environmental, like the um, civilization thing going on. So, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> totally. <laughs> there's there's plenty going on. I th- I think we're both in agreement when we say you should go see the Green Knight. Yeah, absolutely. And if you can, if you can see it in a movie theater, I think it's really worth the uh, worth the price of admission for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I really, again, did myself a disservice by not seeing it indoors where the sound quality and the picture quality is sharper. And it's really a movie that's almost entirely relying on those two things. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I knew what I was getting into, but sheesh. these things happen. I know the drive, yeah. the the drive-in is just so nice to see most movies that it is just like, well, but it's, I just want to go see it there. Exactly, exactly. Um, uh, do you? Oh, sorry. No, I was, gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say. Do you want to tell me about any other new movies that you've been watching lately? Honestly, I haven't really been watching that much new stuff lately, other than the movie that we both started the other day which is also fresh and in the theaters as well as in your home, maybe. <laughs> um, and that is the suicide squad. What's his name? James Gunn. Is this yeah. It? Yeah. I think yeah. So, um, so uh, the suicide squad is the latest DC vehicle um, and kind of almost feels like a little redo of their first suicide squad. That was not very well received. Um, and if you're unfamiliar with the basic idea, it's that um, a bunch of super super villains, technically a bunch of people with superpowers who normally get up to no good are recruited or either forced into working because they're in, in prison um, for the government and then uh, basically like a black ops mission. And so you have a real, real ragtag team uh, getting together to. Uh, on a truly wacky, wacky mission, um, Jenny, or I said to Jenny when we were watching it, that um, it's kind of has some spy kids for adults energy. This yes. <laughs> and that is not an insult. That's actually a compliment because spy kids is dope. 
Spy Kids is dope. <laughs> That's such a good analogy because I, uh, it's, yeah, it's just like, I do appreciate, I haven't seen many of the other DC movies, but this one in particular, it really does feel like they just like kind of cranked it all the way up to 15 and we're like, we're just going to do every weird thing that comes to mind. Yeah. And, it, and that does feel very Spy Kids. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. Truly. And that's <laughs> honestly, I think the thing that makes it work where most of the other DC movies are, in my opinion, garbage. And then actually that's kind of an opinion that's shared by many. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have the same following as the Marvel movies do and certainly aren't as like slick as the Christopher Nolan Batman, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. So they're very like self-serious without having anything to back it up kind of, you know? Yeah, and their, um, their special effects look a little worse usually and, so I think they really did themselves a favor by going full, full crazy. Yeah, <laughs> go <one>. weird. <laughs> um, it's really, really gory in a very over the top and fun way, if that's something that you can get down with. Um, but that is in theaters and on HBO Max if you are subscribed for a limited time. But yeah, I had a blast. If you like superhero movies and, you know, um, Spy Kids for Grown Ups. <laughs> then you might enjoy this movie. Yeah, I think that's a really good sell. It's a zany. Zany. Yes, it's absolutely zany. Yep. Um, Jenny, um, anything new else that's fresh off, hot off the press for you? or Nothing, nothing else hot and fresh. Um, I did watch Goodfellas for the first time yeah. the week before last, and that was very exciting for me to open, to just peek through and open the door of this classic and start my perhaps my Martin Scorsese journey uh but I it was hey that movie's really good (laughs) the people they're not wrong I don't know if you know about this 1990s Goodfellas pretty good movie (laughs) pretty good movie so weird (laughs) yeah um I know it really is just a solid one yeah I love it oh I'm so glad I'm so happy (laughs) yeah (laughs) but uh speaking of you know creaking open a door and peeking in Oh, Amanda, what's our theme this week? Oh, our theme is one that I really love. And it's one that pretty much most of us, all of us can relate to. Our theme is neighbors. You love them. You hate them. They drop off food, make your life a living hell. I don't know. Um, (laughs) So we picked neighbors for our theme, which I had a blast with because uh, as we've talked about, it's um, a it's not a genre specific theme. It's nice and wide yet specific. So I had so much fun picking out movies for this. Uh, Jenny, what the heck did you watch? Oh, my God. OK, I'm going to tell you about a movie. I, watched. <laughs> I was really looking for movies that specifically have the like voyeurism of like peeking out your window and into your neighbor's window mm-hmm. uh and like accidentally being spotted and then like dropping down really fast to get out of view <laughs> you yeah. know like that's yeah. the vibe of that course. I'm looking for of course. um so the first thing I of course thought of was the movie Fright Night which is one of my favorite movies actually maybe and I know I t- actually talked about it on this sh- show last that's year fine. so I have a lot of shows but I did I, so I'm going to talk a little bit about Fright Night, but I actually, I watched the remake also. I watched both. I was only going to watch the remake and then I watched it and was like, I want to watch Fright Night again. Guess what? I also watched both. Yes. Oh my God. (laughs) I wasn't going to talk about them because I knew they were going to come up anyways. Um, Yeah. But I haven't seen either in a really long time. Totally. So it was really fun to watch the original remake not as good as I remembered it being yeah I I had really low expectations and so I was um, pleasantly surprised by how like it's like pretty charming actually um but let me tell you a little bit about Fright Night in case you're not familiar with it so the original Fright Night is from 1985 um and it was directed by Tom Holland not the actor (laughs) different guy Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and it's about a kid named Charlie who's a teenager he lives with his mom um and one night he sees two guys moving into the house next door and it looks like they're carrying a coffin into the basement it's It's like that's super weird (laughs) and then uh you know he notices a really hot woman appear next door and go into the house and then he hears a scream and she doesn't come out again Mm -mm. so slowly he starts to kind of investigate he like keeps watching through his window to see what's going on next door and he spies his neighbor 
a guy named Jerry, uh, having an intimate moment with a woman, and suddenly some big teeth appear in, in that guy's mouth. And Charlie freaks out and is like, okay, we absolutely live next door to a vampire. This is a huge problem. <laughs> uh, and things unfold from there because Jerry is like, hey, man, what are you doing looking at my window? <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And so Charlie kind of has to uh, basically enlist the help of his friends and this TV vampire killer uh, who dresses kind of like Columbo. Uh, named Peter Vincent <laughs> to try and help. He, he basically is like trying to convince everyone around him that his neighbor is a vampire and have them help him kill him. Yeah. Uh, and the remake is essentially the same plot, but it's this, the twist is that it's set in Las Vegas and Peter Vincent, instead of being like a TV, um, like it's, it's, he's on like a, like a late night, like horror TV show, basically. Yeah. Like the original Peter Vincent feels like a guy that would intro, um, well, yeah. One of those late night shows where they play old horrors. Yeah. Like know? an Elvira vibe. Um, totally. But in the remake, it's actually Peter Vincent is like a Chris Angel type who has a like fake magic show where he also kills vampires in his yeah. magic show. And is just really into the occult. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I really love the original. I actually saw it for the first time last year. I'd never seen it before. And one of the things I really love about it is how queer it is. Like it's super, um, like it's just, it just has like all these really interesting little pieces of it that are really homoerotic. And like, it also has like really fun, like it's a horror comedy. So it has like these fun, weird little flourishes where like, Mm -hmm. there's a scene where Charlie stabs jerry the vampire in the hand with a pencil and jerry just like spins in place twice (laughs) and like it's such like funny weird like muppety special effects like i Mm -hmm. really i just love it so much and the remake doesn't really have any of that which is kind of a shame no it's pretty serious yeah um and it's also feels like it's from i mean maybe it's just suffering from the time that it was made in but it has that like that bluish (laughs) gray filter over it so it the it's very visually dark and um yeah just kind of stylized in that way that's really unappealing yeah it also I think it probably came out in 3d because there are a bunch of shots where blood like flies at the camera yes (laughs) I thought the exact same thing when I saw it (laughs) I forgot about that it's true it really yeah you can really tell it was um in the remake Colin Farrell is Jerry the neighbor vampire um and he's an excellent choice. The original is Chris Sarandon. So mm-hmm. both um, sex symbols of their time, which Jerry is supposed to be, you know, handsome vampire, especially because um, Charlie, his mom, his he's uh, got a single mom, you know, who's been unlucky in love. So, of course, Jerry, the vampire moves on in the flirt. Um, but, yeah, the remake is or pretty close to um, the original. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty similar. The um. I think like the the best thing about the remake is like the cast. Like it's uh Tony Collette plays mm-hmm. the mom, Anton Yelchin plays Charlie, um, Imogen Poots is his girlfriend, and yeah, Colin Farrell is the vampire. And like the, the four of them have enough charisma to really carry it, but it is I mean, it's just a less interesting movie. Yeah. But um, uh yeah, that was the first thing I or <laughs> the remake of Friday Night was the first thing I watched because I just love it so much. And I um I really I think it has that vibe of indeed just like staring out your window all night, just watching, <laughs> seeing yeah. what's gonna happen next door. It's a perfect, perfect movie for this theme because like you said, I mean, a lot of things can be a part of our neighbor theme, or a lot of things can apply, but of course the the first thing that my mind goes to is um the paranoia of living near other people and wondering what's not not your business (laughs) (laughs) really Uh, being nosy (laughs) being nosy peeping (laughs) (laughs) yep um so I'll tell you about one of the uh silly neighbor movies I watched that hold on oh god damn it sorry (laughs) my um my notes I'm trying to access them all right here we go so, um, I watched a movie that I've never seen another eighties movie, um, that is well-known and I'm, I finally am catching up. I watched, uh, Joe Dante's the burbs from yeah. 1989, <laughs> <Love the> burbs. <laughs> which is essentially like fits right in, in the same perfect way where it's, I mean, it's, it's, um, not as good as fright night. It's very, very goofy. Um, <laughs> 
but uh, it's exactly about minding, not minding your own business, uh, creepy neighbors. Yeah. Spooky, spooky neighbors who are maybe supernatural and, or just murderers. <laughs> um, so the burbs stars, Joe Dante is the guy that made gremlins and it makes a lot of sense. It has really gremlins energy. Um, and it stars Tom Hanks and Carrie Fisher. Um, and they live in a little suburban neighborhood, um, little cul-de-sac and, uh, there's a house on the block that is sticks out like a sore thumb compared to the others because it's very large, very rundown, real boo Radley house kind of look <laughs> crispy Brown lawn. Um, and this very, very creepy family moves in. Like <laughs> It's like three men, uh, like, um, kind of a buck toothed creepy son. And then like two older guys. Um, and yeah, it's just about, uh, Tom Hanks taking a week off of work just to relax. But of course he's not going to relax. He's going to, he's going to watch those new neighbors and he's going to get his neighbors also watching them. Um, and it's very zany fun for the whole family comedy. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's such a fun movie. Yeah, it was very cute. It was very cute. Still not as good as, um, gremlins either yeah true um gremlins is also kind of a neighbor movie like there's lots of neighbors in gremlins. i know there's that mean old lady the mean old lady yes um i also i wanted to look up because it is a stacked cast in the burbs you also have Corey feldman and bruce dern mm-hmm. um and uh yeah there's the guy that played um his personal driver in blank check but <laughs> he's just like a canadian comedian that <laughs> I love the movie Blank Check. Um, it's just fresh from Blank Check. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's the burbs. Um, and uh, I'll just, I'll let you watch it. You know, I don't want to give it away. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you've already seen it. Is it streaming um, somewhere? So it's for rent on the streaming service Vudu, which is spelled V-U-D-U. Um, and I, I'm not sure if you actually have to sign up for an account to watch mm-hmm. it that way, but yeah, I borrowed it from a friend to watch it. Nice, and, dude. Uh, yeah, you know, real, really perfect um, watching the neighbors. You know, for it, okay, I will tell you, there's, of course, the classic neighbor movie twist where, all right, these neighbors are very sketchy. They're doing weird things. What are those glowing lights at night in their house? Uh, why are they all driving, like, one weird car? <laughs> um, and then, of course close to the end it's looking like this whole time tom hanks he's been wrong you know he's made a fool of himself he's got the cops over there and everything but there's nothing to see here but oh no no (laughs) think think again twist again again. twisty 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 (laughs) keep you guessing are the neighbors and the verbs actually really weird or are you just being a jerk yeah Yeah. i feel like that is a, a a neighbor neighbor creepy neighbor trope classic um, is second guessing yeah keeping Um, up appearances like what's really going on over there exactly like in fright night when they finally do get um oh my god why can't vincent peter vincent peter vincent over there and he makes him drink holy water and he's fine yep (laughs) then just just when they're all about to leave he sees that he has no reflection in the mirror it's like so fun you almost got away with it. <laughs> uh, Jenny, what is another neighbor movie that you watched? So another movie I watched is another classic that I had never seen and was really excited to watch. Um, and it's a little bit uh, like it's more a neighborhood than specific neighbor movies. It's also a scary house movie. Mm. I watched uh, The People Under the Stairs from 1991. Oh, yeah. I Oh my god! Okay, I've oh, never seen it, and I was really excited to. It's uh, a Wes Craven movie from 1991. It's like a classic. I think a lot of people our age or a little bit older like saw it when they were kids because it's a 90s movie, and, it, and the protagonist is a kid, but it's really mm. not a children's movie it's at so all. Gross and scary. It's so gross and scary. Um, but I just I feel like I know a bunch of people who are like, oh yeah, the people under the stairs that really scared me as a kid, just like. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. really scary. No wonder, it's so gross and scary. <laughs> um, so let me tell you a little bit about it, if you don't know. Uh, it is about a 13-year-old boy named Fool, uh, and he lives with his mom and his sister in a, like, crumbling apartment building. 
uh, and they're black and they live in this neighborhood that is just kind of falling to pieces, but all of the buildings are owned by this one landlord. And so they are on the edge of eviction uh, when his fool's sister's boyfriend, Leroy, uh, who is played by Ving Rhames, <laughs> shows up and is like, hey fool, you want to make some cash and keep your family from getting evicted? Come help me work this job. We are going to rob the landlords. <laughs> <laughs> which is nice. like a great concept <laughs> yeah so they basically go over to this house which is uh everybody talks about in the neighborhood they're like you know these people they're really creepy it's like this couple uh and they you know there's some weird stuff going on in there so fool and leroy and this other guy uh break in or try to break into the house but it's like a fortress like everything is super locked down uh they wait until the couple leaves so that it's a little bit easier for them to break in, but they're instantly uh, attacked by an attack dog mm -hmm. <laughs> and things kind of just devolve from there. And they like, eventually you end up with just fool by himself because the people that he entered in with have both been killed. Uh, and he is trying to figure out how to get out of this house, which is full of trap doors and like weird hidden spaces between the walls. Um, and so he meets this little girl who is trying to help him, who clearly also lives there, but he doesn't really understand her relationship to the other people. And there's also these really creepy people in the basement who he doesn't really clearly see for a while, who are very pale and very horrible looking and making very scary noises. And so Fool is just like trapped, trying to figure out how to get out of this scary house. Um, it's so fun. It's, like, it's so fun. It's such a fun, it's like a great, it's not subtle, but it's like a very good message also about like gentrification and like race. It's just, it's like, a, I, I really, I was like very pleasantly surprised by the people under the stairs. It's got a lot going on. Man, I haven't seen it since the first time I saw it, which was quite a while ago. So this is just getting me more and more excited to rewatch it because I loved it when I saw it. It's so fun. Um, but I really don't remember any details other than, I mean, tell the Twin Peaks fans who's yes. in it. <laughs> so um, something really wonderful is the couple, the landlords who own the house that Fool gets trapped in are played by Big Ed and Nadine from Twin Peaks, who yeah. Wes Craven cast specifically because he really liked them in Twin Peaks. And he was like, oh, get these guys in here. Oh, I love um, that. I didn't know that. I, I. For whatever dumb reason, I was like, oh, it's just circumstance. Just a funny coincidence. <laughs> it's crazy because, I mean, it just came out so fast after Twin Peaks. So it's like he must have been like, oh, yeah, get those guys in. Get those guys get, on the horn. Get them now. Get me those weird people. Um, but it's such a fun movie. Like, it's just like it has a lot of. Um, yeah, like, it's just it's such an interesting use of like landlord as villain. <laughs> <laughs> like yep. they're just so cartoonishly evil and um fool is such a like great little guy who's just like trying to do his best and he's just like i can i can fix this i can get out of here and help these people yeah. uh and it's just oh my god it's so fun it ends um with uh, an explosive redistribution of wealth uh, which i will say no more about nice, that nice <laughs> nice string of uh three words <laughs> <laughs> but um it's just really <laughs> <laughs> articles don't count <laughs> um but yeah it's really fun there's like the house is so scary and creepy and like there's all these weird trap doors in it that like fool is trying to avoid and he's 13 so he's just like he's just you know he's just a little one and it's so fun um big ed who plays <laughs> the the two landlords call each other mommy and daddy mm, yeah <laughs> and big ed plays daddy uh, and good he stuff. at one point inexplicably just changes into like a full fetish suit and like while he's like hunting down fool like he just like suddenly <laughs> puts on a full leather like lots of straps and buckles and I just is it. like it's so it's such a like fun weird like parts of it are actually really funny because big ed and nadine are both like excellent like comedy actors like they yeah. both just do like really wacky totally turned up as high as the dial goes like weird stuff yeah um it's really fun I really Man. highly recommend the people under the stairs Wes Craven can really go like full full terrifying I mean I I know of course he's mainly his I think his biggest association would be Nightmare on Elm Street mm -hmm. um which of course our 
are kind like not necessarily strictly horror comedies, but of course, like they have a lot of humor in them. Totally. Um, maybe like a little closer to people under the stairs. But then on the other end of the spectrum, you have freaking Hills Have Eyes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> which is it's like, yeah, a lot, lots of also people in scary homes and you know, yeah, um, trapping other people. But yeah, wow. I'm really excited to rewatch that movie. That is a good one for this theme so fun the um the it's not streaming anywhere unfortunately you have to rent it but it's like 2.99 and i Mm. absolutely would recommend it um it's you know it has it has some 1991 trappings of like uh (laughs) like (laughs) just what is considered like othering and weird Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it just has such an it's just such an interesting like gentrification horror movie I really, I was like this, I was, I don't know what I expected, but I wasn't expecting that. And I, I was really, really into it. More um, like overtly evil landlord horror. Yeah. That would be fun. Yeah. It's such a, yeah. I mean, it's a great concept because it is, it's like, they have so much power in this community, um, but it's just the two of them. Like they have, it's just these two people who are like hoarding all of this wealth and who are just like, they are so clearly um like bizarre but they also are you know they're just like waiting out their tenants like letting the buildings crumble so that they can demolish them and then build up like huge office buildings like it's very explicit like yeah it's so (laughs) so so very (laughs) on the nose it's not subtle (laughs) yeah um but it's great i would definitely recommend it it's creepy did who uh who wrote it do you know oh i don't know actually off the top of your head i don't know off the top of um because i just said way to go west but maybe i'm not giving the right person the credit i kind of um, think it was written and directed by him but i'm gonna look really quick I yeah um i mean it's it's a a real easy leap to do um some landlord horror because yeah, yeah i mean you have um scary people in power and then uh, combined with creepy buildings it's mm-hmm. all right there it's all right there totally he uh, did also write it it was written and directed by okay yeah I stand by what I said totally nice. <laughs> um all right so I rewatched um a movie that I actually have seen most of but fell asleep because not because it was boring but because I started it too late in the evening but I finally got to watch it from start to finish. And boy, is it just so good. I rewatched 1984's Body Double, (gasps) the Brian De Palma film. Um, Body Double is really fun, kind of of bridging the uh, horror and mystery area. Um, So yeah, 1984, it's streaming on Pluto TV for free, by the way. and it's a Brian De Palma movie, so it does have his, uh, like, super sexy vibes. You yeah. know? <laughs> um, and Body Devil is about uh, kind of a, not necessarily a washed up, but not a very successful actor in Hollywood named Jake Scully, who uh, we find out in the very opening scenes of the movie is claustrophobic because he is in a vampire movie and he can't do any scenes in the vampire's coffin he just freezes up um and it's i love the opening scene and the very ending scenes both um are take place on the set of this like very corny vampire movie that he's in and they're so so good the actor who plays jake scully is named craig wasson and i I really don't recognize him from anything um off the top of my head but he's so good in this but um so he loses his job in the beginning of the movie because he can't do these necessary coffin scenes for the vampire movie. Um, and then he goes home to find his girlfriend cheating on him and it's her house. So he gets kicked out. And so he's got no place to live, but at an acting seminar, a very intense, uh, like method acting seminar, he meets this guy, Sam Bouchard, I think is the character's name or Sam who, um, you know, they go have a drink. Jake Scully tells him about what's going on in his life. And this guy, Sam is like, you know what? I have to get out of town to be in this other movie, but I'm house sitting for my friend at their crazy house in the Hollywood Hills. Why don't you stay there? And indeed it is a wild house. I think, uh, I looked it up and it's a very real house. It looks like almost like a space needle kind of thing. It's oh. like a, 
a big saucer shaped circular all windows house that's looking over LA up in the hills. Um, and so when Sam is giving Jake the tour of the house, he's really excited to show him that there's this other feature that he loves, which is that there's a telescope he has in there. And through the telescope, you can see this very, very sexy neighbor down the hill who every night does this um, nude, sexy dance all by herself <laughs> in her house. And so that is a, uh, for these guys, very exciting feature of this house. Um, and so when, while Jake is staying at this house, he uh, is, continues to watch this neighbor and witnesses her um getting like in an abusive relationship and um eventually witnesses her murder um and then it, it's so fun even though it's an old movie i don't know if i really want to give it up or give up any of the um the twists and turns but he um he finds out that uh th- through because <laughs> After he witnesses this murder, he tries to um, hail the police. And then, of course, when they get there, they're like, you you were wa- watching her get m- murdered. And so they they're he becomes a suspect. Um, and then later on, while he is watching a porno at home, he sees this porn actress doing the exact same dance that the neighbor was doing and finds out that this porn actress was actually the body double um and was was paid to go dance at this woman's house in the window and i'm not going to tell you why it's a crazy crazy <laughs> story um but body double is so fun very very clearly um inspired by rear window and vertigo and things like that um and you know watching your neighbors <laughs> yes oh man i've never seen body double but i've always wanted to it's so fun. Of course, like it, um, you know, it's super sleazy and yeah. very, very purposefully, you know, <laughs> totally. like Brian De Palma knows what he's doing. Uh, in that sense, it, it actually makes it, um, feel very inoffensive. Totally. Um, I think even if you are sensitive to that kind of stuff, it's still pretty inoffensive. Um, Melanie Griffith plays the porn actress whose name is Holly body. Yes. Yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, the body body, Holly body's body. Though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so, uh, I'm not sure my synopsis really cut it. In fact, I know it didn't. Um, so just watch body double streaming <laughs> for free on Pluto TV. Yes. Uh, cause yeah, you gotta see it. Cause I gave a poor synopsis. <laughs> That was that tracks. The, I mean, the, I, it makes sense. The arc that you've painted, the 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 very the broad strokes without giving too much away. I feel intrigued and ready yeah. to get in there. This movie packs it in. There is a lot in there. I mean, I forgot to say, um, which is why I'm like, oh, bad synopsis is um, <laughs> the our main character Jake Scully. After he watches this neighbor, um, he. So not Holly body, the woman that Holly body is pretending to be he, the actual neighbor, mm-hmm. he starts following her. <laughs> um, and the reason that the cops suspect him is because he has a pair of her underwear that she threw out in a public trash can and he <laughs> grabbed <laughs> Jake. No, <laughs> Jake. No. And, um, he, uh, a, there's a character that snatches her purse on the beach who he, runs after to track down and um the purse snatcher runs into a tunnel and jake cannot go in there because of his claustrophobia oh. but the neighbor catches up to him and they make out for a while <laughs> yes thanks ryan <laughs> yeah it's um it's really it's really something uh again a lot in there really fun um crime mystery with yeah. a horror element of the murder but really i guess not horror just a crime a sexy crime Thriller. mystery. <laughs> a sexy crime mystery. Truly, like three great tastes that taste great together. <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> exactly. Um, 
can I tell you, I also watched a Brian De Palma movie. <laughs> what did you watch? Okay, I watched a, a much older Brian De Palma movie from 1972 called Sisters. Oh my gosh, Sisters <laughs> is so fun. It's so fun. I had never heard of it. And then it came up on a list and I was like, oh, Brian De Palma, that guy loves voyeurism. This is going to be perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sisters is um so fun. Sisters is really fun. It's streaming on HBO, which is great. So you can just like hop right in there. Um, it's about a woman named Danielle, Danielle, who Danielle. is, <laughs> she's French Canadian, but she has a very thick French accent, which is very cute to me. It's like mm-hmm. a very funny detail that she's French Canadian. <laughs> so Danielle uh, at, opens the movie basically on a um, fake, t- fake reality show called Peeping Tom, uh, where she <laughs> pretends to be a blind woman. Uh, and there's like another yeah. contestant who has to, basically like decide what to do while she starts undressing not realizing that he's there and these contestants in the game show have to guess what he's gonna do next <laughs> but he's chivalrous and just turns away and, and leaves and leaves her <laughs> and so at the end of the show the two the the woman danielle who's pretending to be blind and the guy who is not a peeping tom uh named philip <laughs> uh, hit it off and they decide to go on a date uh danielle is also white and philip is black and that does play into the story in an interesting way but so basically they go on a date uh and then philip goes home with her to danielle's apartment and they spend the night together uh the next day he gets up and finds out that it's danielle's birthday and that she lives with her sister who he doesn't see but hears her talking in the back room and he finds out that it's both of their birthdays so he decides to go out and get them a cake which is very cute (laughs) philip's very sweet uh And then there's this incredible scene where he goes to the baker and asks them to write happy birthday, Danielle and Dominique on the cake, because that's Danielle's sister's name. And it's intercut with Danielle, who like has missed this medication and is like writhing on the floor. And so it's back and forth of this cake decorator who is not good at decorating, like drawing on the cake back and forth with Danielle, like writhing on the ground. It's like very, very fun. There's a lot of split scenes in this movie, which I really appreciate it. You got to have split scenes and sisters. But so (laughs) split scenes and sisters, it's the only way. But so Philip takes his cake, which is messily scrawled on it. Happy birthday, Danielle and Dominique back to Danielle's apartment where he sees her sleeping uh, on the futon where they spent the night. And he brings the cake and a knife over to her to gently rewaken her. Uh, But alas, guess what? It's not Danielle. It's her sister, Dominique. And what does she do? She stabs him to death. Yep. (laughs) I'm just going to tell you a lot about sisters. I'm going to leave like a couple secrets, but I'm going to tell you most about sisters, just so you know. Tell tell the people. It's so good. You know what? I actually watched this movie for creepy therapy, but I didn't have time to talk about it. Wow. It is a great creepy therapy movie. Yeah. Um, But so while this crime is happening, uh, Danielle's neighbor across the street sees Philip like crawling basically towards the window and being attacked by this woman. And he tries to write the word help on the window in his own blood. And she sees it. Her na- and her name is Grace, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And she is like, oh my God, what is happening over there? And calls the police. But the police don't want to come help her because she is a journalist who writes about police brutality. And they're like, this isn't real like oh that grace of this article yeah. you wrote about how cops are brutal she's like you should come anyway <laughs> <laughs> and so the rest of the movie suddenly switches from being from Danielle and Philip's perspective to being Grace's perspective uh where she tries to figure out what is going on with this woman and tries to help solve this murder that like the cops are not taking seriously at all and they're like whatever there's nothing going on here uh and there are some twists and turns from then on but it's like the thing that makes it kind of a neighbor movie is Grace getting sucked into this crime and like she becomes really obsessed with it and she really um it's like, I know what I saw. Why doesn't anybody believe me? Like that kind of neighbory element that is also true of so many other like voyeurism movies yeah. where a person neighbor sees paranoia. something like, yeah, neighbor paranoia where you see something and you're like, oh my God, this, like, why don't you believe me? I just witnessed a murder and everyone around you is like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it absolutely didn't happen. Yeah. I love it Um, so much about neighbor movies is about being a witness. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, Sisters is really fun. There are a lot of like split screen scenes where you see what's happening from one character's perspective and another character's perspective at the same time. And they don't necessarily match up. Um, 
and it has like it's I mean it's a little bit slower it's definitely a little like exploitative mm-hmm. <laughs> it's from the 70s mm-hmm. and like Brian De Palma is definitely like getting his feet wet like figuring out what he's doing yeah it's um, a little naughty but it's, it's a little naughty but it's really fun I really I really enjoyed Sisters it has a lot of twists and turns which yeah. Uh, most of them are pretty obvious from the get-go, but it's still exciting. It's so fun. I'm really falling in love with Brian De Palma. Yeah, he does great. I mean, honestly, like, truly an excellent, like, paranoia movie. Like, because we also, um, when we talked about political thrillers, I brought up Blowout, which is such a good movie, um, which is also just about witnessing something, <laughs> but yeah. not being believed by anybody. <laughs> Right? He I love his brand of sleaze. Yeah. I yeah. really do. Same. Uh, it's really great. Uh yeah. but yeah, that's Sisters from 1972 on HBO. Amazing. Yeah, Sisters is really wonderful. And it was a pleasure to watch it, rewatch yeah. it as well because I hadn't seen it in so long. Um, all right. So I watched a couple of documentaries and I don't know if I'll get to talking about all of them. I might save one for my recommendation. Um and I watched one that I remember being told about in college and it doesn't is so it doesn't match up with our theme nearly as well as all of the movies that we've already talked about tonight um but it's a movie it's a documentary from 2009 called we live in public um and i i watched it based on what i had been told about it and it is um it's it's not quite uh quite what we're necessarily looking for but it still was fascinating and certainly has well let me tell you more (laughs) so it's about this internet entrepreneur josh harris who basically got like was in the right place smart and in the right place at the right time when it came to like changing technology Mm -hmm. um and uh just got made a lot of money really fast when the internet was coming up because, um, he, uh, oh yeah, he founded a website called pseudo.com, which was the first internet TV network, um, during the tech boom in the nineties. And so that's where he made all of his money. And then, uh, as time went on, he kind of becomes even more and more of a rich eccentric and, um, obsessed with the idea of, um, how in the future, (laughs) It's wild watching a movie about this from 2009 and these these concepts that it's really trying to reveal, which are very apparent now, which is all about <laughs> surveillance and the Internet and like how we are always online and all of our information is out there. And we are um, constantly putting ourselves out there to be observed by the mm-hmm. public. So this movie is really trying to um, blow your mind in 2009 <laughs> with these concepts. And it's um, it's kind of sweet, actually, to see how. um not new you know there's still documentaries coming out about social media and um surveillance and stuff like that so anyways long story short this guy josh harris kind of um basically goes from being like a tech guy into pretty much a performance artist and he's hanging out with like all of the like um hip artists and club kids of new york city in the 90s and he as one of his projects and like his, his pseudo.com thing, his um, internet TV network has so many channels and like artists and musicians and all this cool stuff. So he's mixing with all of these creatives and for his new project, he decides to create a massive underground bunker with, I'm not sure how many, Oh, 100 people who agreed to live in it for a month and be watched on cameras that are live streaming the entire time so 100 people are living in little it's like a capsule hotel like Mm -hmm. little tiny beds next to each other um for a month and there's everything they want there's uh there's food like that was part of the deal is um food and drugs and like anything they want for free there is also a gun range um so yeah (laughs) so Again, when this was described to me, it was described to me as, oh, yeah, this guy like made an underground bunker and how all these people live in it, Um, you know, and it's about like, yeah, uh, surveillance, among other things. So I thought it would be um, good for this neighbor's thing. And it really is kind of its own beast. 
least. Yeah. <laughs> um, because it's, it just, uh, it's really a, about, um, kind of the, the maniac who decided to do this, uh, quote unquote experiment. Classic. Um, but yeah, a part of, a part of this project was that you basically get interrogated regularly, um, by someone who goes by and calls themselves an interrogation artist. No. Who's, um, directed by a former CIA interrogator. No. And the interrogation room is next to the gun range. There's all these scenes of people like reliving horrible trauma with gunshots going off in the background. Anyways, it's Jesus. a mess. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds fascinating, but also it's like such a like rich person thing to or maybe not even rich, but just like a, an eccentric totally. person thing to do to be like, I'm going to do this thing that's basically a reality show and call it a social experiment. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And um, of course, like he's like pulling all the strings. Right. Um, but like most utopian communities <laughs> thus far, <laughs> um, especially one where there there's no need for people to there's no need for mutual aid or anything. Or there's no like everything is provided like there's no need for people to um, help each other in their needs. They can just have anything they want all the time, totally. uh, like drugs and <laughs> guns. <laughs> um, like most utopian little community experiments like that, it uh, starts out great and everyone is so happy and having a great time. And then it descends into madness and people get hurt. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> That is We Live in Public. I think it is on Canopy for some libraries. Unfortunately, mm. not mine. Um, but I watched it. I actually just, because it's a documentary, um, I just Googled it and it's actually uh, streaming on a website that I can't remember the name of, um, but it should pop right up if you just type in We Live in Public 2009 documentary. Um, it wasn't a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That sounds fascinating. Um, I love, well, I really love like movies and documentaries about people who are all kind of forced into close quarters for whatever reason. Like I also, I really liked that documentary Spaceship Earth that came out last year. Oh. That's about the um, people who tried to basically create a, like uh, basically a biodome and live mm -hmm. inside of it without like just a self-sustaining society, but things always fall apart. Like, things, you know, it's, yeah. People are, people are interesting and always kind of the same. <laughs> yep. It's just like the beach, baby. It's it always like ends up beach, like the beach. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, shall we uh, slowly transition ourselves into recommendations slash what we're looking forward to? Yeah. I mean, I think we have to do it kind of fast. We're running yeah. out of time. It's true. Um, slowly, I mean, quickly. <laughs> so yeah, we'll, we'll uh, talk about some recommendations and then sadly say goodnight. But yeah, Jenny, do you have any recommendations or things that you're looking forward to watching? I do. I have kind of a bleak recommendation, but it's, I don't think we've talked about it before on the show and it's been on my mind a lot because of the um, climate crisis that we're living in. Mm, um, yes. But I would like to recommend the movie First Reformed. Um, a movie that Amanda and I both really love that is from 2017. Um, it is available to stream for free if you have Showtime, um, but otherwise it's you have to rent it. But it's a it's a um, oh my god, what's that guy's name? Uh, oh, I know. Why can't I? I'll look it up. Like immediately, oh, Paul Schrader. It's yes. a Paul Schrader movie um, starring Ethan Hawke, and it uh, it's just like kind of one of the best depictions of um, living on a planet during a climate crisis that I've ever seen. It's a really, really great movie, but it is, um, it's hard to watch. So just a, a gentle recommendation for me. It is that movie. Okay. So most movies that come out now kind of live on this middle plane for me where like that not a ton of them are so, so bad and not mm -hmm. a ton of them are very good. Um, but here and there, something pops to the surface and that first performed as one of those movies. I, that movie is amazing. It's really good. Um, I think about it all the time. Yeah. Great recommendation, Jenny. That movie is so good. Gosh, darn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm actually going to recommend a, um, a similarly heavy movie, um, that is actually on theme for tonight's show, um, neighbor theme. Mm -hmm. So I watched this movie, um, 
Maybe, uh, maybe last winter. I actually can't quite recall or honestly, maybe two winters ago, but, um, I'm going to recommend the, the documentary about Fred Rogers. Won't you be my neighbor yeah. from 2018? Um, Fred Rogers, of course, of Mr. Rogers neighborhood. And it is wonderful. Absolutely. You should watch it. Um, and I only say it's heavy because, uh, he was a really larger than life person. So it's actually almost kind of shocking, um, hearing about his whole life and, and how much of himself he dedicated to the betterment of, uh, 